Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode, uh, the sad postseason edition episode of the All Things Bengals podcast with B-Things and Bengals Drake. Drake, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just hanging in there, like you said, sad episode, but, you know, we'll get through this. We we got this, you know. Absolutely. We're, we're built for this. Yeah. <laughs> Just have to get over the crippling depression. I'm right. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, look, obviously, as we are just touching on, navigating through the loss this week, it's been tough, you know, tough for some different people. Some people have really quickly, uh, probably a coping mechanism, hopped to the draft and stuff, which is fun. But there's a lot of fun things to talk about about this season, and in particular, the last game. You went to KC. So, bro, have the floor. Talk about your experience. Yeah. Um... Like you just said, like about feelings and stuff, like just being there, you know, and experiencing it the the night before, you know, when, when we get in on that Saturday, we left Saturday morning, um, we get into Kansas City and it just it was it was really quiet. You know, it kind of it kind of reminded me of like here, like in like mm-hmm. Florence, Kentucky, like kind of like. In that area, yeah. reason, I don't know why, but it just it didn't remind me of like you know Buffalo or anything like that. It was just it was kind of different. Um, but we get in and then we go down to um, Kansas City Live down in the city. There was a bunch of Bengals fans there, and you know as soon as we like went inside there and I saw Hude Nation, I just kind of like. I was like taken back. Like it was awesome. It's like when I walked in, it was almost like just Cincinnati took over Kansas City. I I wouldn't have thought that that many Bengals fans were out in Kansas City. And that was just in that venue. Like, so that, that wasn't even including everywhere else where Bengals fans were. Like, Bengal Gym was somewhere completely different. And they had a bunch of people where he was. So, it was just, it was surreal. Um, there was, you know, random people that would just out of nowhere start Who Day Chants and, you know, start, you know, the Bengals song. So there was, it was just really awesome um, experience the night before. And then, you know, you get into game day, you're super excited, you know, you're ready, you got the, the game day jitters. Yeah, I think, I did, one one quick comment. I bet that was so fucking annoying for the bartenders. I mean, especially if they're cheese fans, like at those bars, at those venues, bro. Bro, bro if I was, a, like, obviously as passionate Bengals fans as we are, like if opposition came in and took over our bars for, like, a playoff game, I'd be so annoyed, dude. I'd be like, you know what? Um, this drink's an extra $2 today. It, that's what – so we were questioning that when we were in Kansas City because we didn't even – we didn't drink. We we drank. So, got one shot of Crown. It actually it might have been like just some random whiskey. I don't know, but mm-hmm. got that and then one beer. It was twenty six fifty. What the fuck, bro? They the had beer, bro. The beer was not even twenty ounces. I don't think. Oh my gosh, bro! They had to have had an opposition fee. Bro, had, that that's had, an op fee. That's a fiat ad. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, bro. Oh, but yeah. like I said, it, 
the energy there was great. Um, I, I left actually right before, you know, all the Cincinnati news stations and everything got down there. So I think Fox 19 was down there and then maybe WCPO, but yeah, there was, there was a few news stations that came down there. It was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I, I was actually about to get into a story that yeah, was go ahead, bro. kind of confidential. I don't know if I should <laughs> break it out on the podcast or not, but <laughs> you're already far into it, bro. You might as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a lot of people won't listen to the podcast, but anyway, so at least from this perspective, so mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, right? I'm like chilling at Kansas City Hall or whatever. And I'm just enjoying the vibes, you know, I'm looking around at all the Bengals fans are just, you know, vibing, having a good time. I look to my left and I, I, I just like, I don't know how, like we locked eyes. We just like from a distance, just seeing each other. I kid you not, bro. It was my ex's dad. <laughs> it was so <laughs> fucking awkward. It was so awkward. It's like so, Drake. Like, me and him were always cool. So yeah. like, you know, but it was just yeah, it was it was really awkward. So <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? You say and anything? It, so no, nothing was said. Nothing was said. Oh man, it, that's strictly, even worse. Strictly business. So oh, yeah, bro. So it was. It was <laughs> that was that was a crazy crazy part of the trip, but um, you know, like I said, then we get into to game day, and you know, I think a lot of Bengals fans the night before were like out in the city and kind of like showing up, and then like the day of is when I kind of noticed more Kansas City fans. So mm-hmm. then we we get to we get to the stadium. Um, and I, I will say Arrowhead, I, I loved it for some reason. Like the way, the way the stadium is, I, I loved it. I love like, was it nice? Yeah. Like everybody kind of hates on like the location. Cause like, you know, Oh my God, it's out in the middle of nowhere on the, you know, by the highway. But I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fucking cool. They got the baseball stadium, like directly next to it. So like yeah. when you like go into like tailgate, you know, there's nothing going on at the baseball stadium. So it's like cool as how you can like see like right in there. You can like just, I mean, it's just cool. So, um, and then when we went to tailgate before the game, you have to like walk up this like big hill. It's kind of crazy, like to get to, you know, Bengal Jim's uh, tailgate. So we had to go up this big hill. And then, you know, we got up there. That was, that was, I will say, like, that was the best tailgate of this year by far. Um, and, you know, I, I just started tailgating recently. But, you know, I the vibes, bro, like Pac-Man coming in. And then Zim, Zim's speech was, like, pretty, pretty powerful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear it every day in the fucking Twitter spaces, so I know how he gets, yeah. man. Yeah, so that was awesome. Um, shout out to Harrison, comedian. He's funny as fuck. He was there. Um, but yeah, bro, like the vibes were just were crazy. And quickly moving into it, we get into this. I get into the stadium. 
I really like like their stadium. Like there's like it's really clean. Like honestly, their seats like their seating is like cheap. Like it's way mm-hmm. cheaper seating than like Paycor, which really? I, I noticed like going to like Buffalo, Kansas City, and then Cincinnati. I kind of don't understand the hate. You know, a lot of people were hating on Mike Brown for so long for being cheap and stuff. But, like, I'm, like, looking at these other stadiums. Like, Buffalo, they have, like, bleachers for, like, a lot of their seats. And then, like, uh, Kansas City seats were, like, like how can I explain it? Like, uh, they're, like, the plastic chairs. Like, they were, like, just pretty much, like. Uh, yeah, are they, like, a simple little piece of plastic that you sit on? Pretty, it's Yeah. Pretty much. Gotcha, because we have the nice baseball seats. Those are baseball seats. Got to exactly. consider that Paul Brown. Wow, exactly. really? Yeah, that's what. That's why I was, like, so surprised when I went to, like, Buffalo. Like, I will say Buffalo was was awesome. I loved, like, their seating just because, like, you can kind of, like, see, like, from where I was sitting, I sat in the same spot as Paul – or at Paycor. And, like, Paycor, you can't see, like, all the way down the field. But, like, in Buffalo, where I was at, I could see, like, all the way down the field, like, everything that was going on. But, yeah, some fields are definitely different. I loved Kansas City. I thought it was pretty dope. Like, I felt a lot closer. Granted, I was row five, but it just – it felt so awesome being right there. And I will say I was – I was in a sea of red. So, there was – I had – all in front of me was Chiefs fans, and then like all to the left and all to the right of me were Chiefs fans, and then all behind me were Chiefs fans. Now there was some Bengals fans I could get to at some point. So when shit was going down, I was I was going through these Chiefs fans like, yeah, like, look at uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'll say if you know if there's any Kansas City fans that do know that I was by them. I I had to annoy them because like I was I was so loud like I was being annoying and good like it it got to a point at the end of the game where like the the Chiefs fans man like I feel like I was like so respectful the whole game in a sense of like I'll tell a team like okay you guys did good on that like good job good shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was never the same back from Kansas City fans. Like, it was always, like, them, them, them. Like, and I, I get it. Like, there was a lot of trash talk going on. I get that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I was just – I was I was super respectful. Like, there was – there's a douche next to me, and he just – I mean, he kept, he kept chirping. Like, he – like, we kind of, like, we're going back and forth because he was, like, even if y'all went to the Super Bowl, Philadelphia was going to beat your ass. And I'm thinking, like, dude, the same thing's going to happen to you. So, like, yeah. I, you're not even putting two and two together. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm confident we could have we would have had a chance. But, you know, Kansas City, they got it. So, I mean, like, we, we can't change that now. It is what it is. But – like I said, being in Kansas City, being in that stadium, it was electric. But towards the the end of the game, and obviously in that final two minutes, it was it was definitely like instant, like 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 I I haven't experienced a loss all year, so this was like mm-hmm. 
ripped. Like, because every game I went to this year, they won. And just, God, I, I didn't, especially being a playoff game, it was like my stomach, I just instantly felt like I just got, like, stabbed. Like, not, and I, I didn't feel it physically. I just felt it, like. Emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. So it was just yeah. like damn like we really were this close again like and and that that's fine like i somebody told me the other day and obviously he's the goat we get that but you know joe burrow is gonna go down in my opinion as one of the best you know i i really i firmly believe that's what's what's gonna happen so like when you look in a perspective of that like Michael Jordan did not get his first ring until eight years in. And I never knew that until I love that, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. I did not know that. Damn. I I wonder how his career started in those first eight years. Was it like he 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 lost close? He he apparently lost to Boston, you know, a few times, you know, stuff like that. So I guess like that, it just, it kind of like reminds me for real. Like, and, and, you know, obviously, that's totally different. But at the same time, Joe Burrow, like, he even said it himself. The windows his whole career. And I believe that. Like, no matter what time it is, you know, we, we might have we might have a ring when we don't have all three of the, you know, top receivers in there. You know what I mean? Like it yep. body yep. super bowl run is different. And it it sucks that you know we we've came up so short like these these last two years because we've seen it like damn we we were so close to it and mm-hmm. I think Burrow knows that I think everyone in that locker room knows that like it was <clears throat> gut it was gut wrenching but yeah. at the same time I I don't think like most teams when shit like this happens they'll regress immensely but like i'm i'm super confident in the way you know the coaching staff and the front office and the players themselves like i i truly believe that they're still hungry for success and i i think that no matter what they're they're fighting for that one that one thing and i i put the stats out the other day i think it was yesterday like Cam Taylor Britt was absolutely balling in the playoffs. And that's going to be something that going into next season, that's, that's going to be like a so big, exciting, man. big plus because he, you know, obviously he's going to, he's going to have goals next year that he's going to try to accomplish. So, and he really, really started to come on at the end of the season. And that's special to see like when, when a cornerback and sauce Gardner like, balled out this year but Mm -hmm. i don't think you can say any other rookie defensive player at the cornerback position or beyond terry cooling too the playoffs i'm saying oh 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 yeah 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 Yeah. playoffs like he just like pretty much made like in a way history like i don't know how he's not but like those stats are just he, – he was absolutely locked down. Like, he, the passer rating was, like, 32.9 or yeah. something. And yep. you, you always love to throw the stat out. Like, mm-hmm. 
you throw the ball in the dirt every play for an entire game, what's it, 39? 39.4, yeah, yeah, is your passer rating. Yeah, at, dude, it's insane. And, uh, you know, one, one perspective that uh, resonates a lot with me, what I've gotten a sense of with the landscape of the AFC and NFC and really what we can expect, you know, for the entire window of Joe's career. As he said, you know, as we all know, the window is his whole career. It is, man. When you have a winner like that, you're going to be in the mix every year. And I brought it up in spaces a couple of days ago. I was like, look, we proved to ourselves, really. For me, I don't give a fuck what the outside thinks. And the players don't either. They know exactly what they have. You know, they don't need assurance from the outside. But with that, we got the assurance now that we're not looking to just get into the dance of the playoffs. What what I've described it as, I, I want to be in the Met Gala every year, the premiere. So this year, there were five to six teams that were the premier teams. It was the Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Niners. That's what it was all along. We all knew it. You know, okay. And I feel like when you're in that mix, that's that's the most that you can ask for within the sense of you don't know how how those matchups are going to be in your conference with those heavyweight teams in the Met Gala, not just the dance. Because teams like the Steelers can sneak into the dance. Thank God shit on us for the next fucking 10, 15 years, man. You know, with Kenny Pickett versus Joe Burrow. Like, and and I was telling people, of course, a lot of shit can happen this offseason, you know, with some teams. Some teams can implode. Some teams can, you know, rise to new heights that we never saw, like what a lot of people act like any team could do, what the 2021 Bengals did. Oh, we didn't see them coming out of here. Maybe like the Chargers and Jags could be that team that could maybe get into the quote-unquote Met Gala of the conference next year. But the main thing I wanted to get with that is – Look at the trend of the last two years, man. Yes, it's a short sample size, and it doesn't mean it's directly correlative to the future, but the AFC teams that had to go through the gauntlet, the quote-unquote other Met Gala teams of our conference, the Bills and Chiefs, they couldn't get past the AFC championship game. Look at the Chiefs last year. Beat the Bills in that fashion that they did, or 2021, I should say. Then they couldn't, they couldn't do it against us. The other premier team this year, we beat the fuck out of the Bills. The Bills are still that premier team, man. You know what I'm saying? That's still Josh Allen over there. Yeah, we limited him, but he still worked. Then we couldn't do it against the Chiefs. So the reason I bring that up is because a lot of people were like, well, was this season successful? And that's that's from person to person. I can't tell how I, I can't dictate on how one thinks, but there's some foundational things that I think people can focus on that can help them. And it's that we got to be that premier team year in and year out. We yep. we're not just getting in the dance anymore. We're not just squeaking nine and eight and hope for that seventh seed. We we got to be in that top three, preferably the top two or really preferably the top one. I mean, because it. The playoffs are almost always close, but look, man, our last two losses in the playoffs have been 23-20. I know. You know, just last second, and our last play of the game 
ending with a sack. I hate bringing up the correlations. Yep. I got more correlations. Three sacks allowed by Hakeem Adeniji. Uh, insufficiencies on the right side of the O-line. Everybody cover your ears if I have to persist any longer. The correlatives are disgusting. But, obviously, it's a lot different this year than from, you know, 2021. But, yeah, I felt like that was an important thing to add. Just so people can have a scope of what to expect. And, um, man, I mean, yeah, so obviously with you being at the game, it sounds like you had a great experience of the game itself and the atmosphere. Um, you know, however you articulated that as a Bengals fan, you know, I'm sure if there were a boatload of more Bengals fans there, it would have been awesome. Um, yeah, man, obviously glad you drove home safe. Um, how long is that drive, bro? Uh, so it's like, it's like eight hours, but honestly, honestly, like I'm pretty bad with road trips cause I'll get super really? like, man, it, how was that on the it, way back? It, 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 Oh man, it was <laughs> so I, I like, like I said to my my girlfriend, like going going to the game, Bengals fans were so hyped up. Like the energy was was crazy on the highway. So many Bengals fans, right? Oh really? On the way back, every single Bengals fan just similarly looks alike like everybody looked the same like everybody looked just <laughs> sad like so you tell me on your way back like driving or like just walking out of the stadium oh driving so driving that's so funny you saw others they just looked down bad like, oh er- everybody was down bad it was it, oh, was, it was crazy now chiefs fans i will say i lost a lot of respect for them after that game a lot of them were just going around being cocky and arrogant. hateful, hateful. Yeah. it really was hate because like you know we're just chilling in the car trying to get out of there and we got every every like mm-hmm. i kid you not every single chiefs fan follows by super bowl or like j- just talking shit like go home or mm-hmm. you know just just something yeah weird. now i i do want to say this because i feel like it's important right um it me trying to establish as much sympathy as I can, not trying to get too deep in my emotions. Cause if you get too emotional about that, one could certainly fire back, you yep. know, all the bullshit they want. But look, man, they had so much hate in their heart for us because they knew we had their number. Right. It's kind of like us with the Steelers after right. we got that fucking, those couple wins, that Monday <laughs> night win, we didn't tell them humbly, Hey, good win. But what were we saying? Fuck you guys. At least me, bro. Yeah. I lived with a fucking Steelers yeah. fan. My roommate was a Steelers fan that year when we watched that game on Monday night. And uh, and my twin brother, I know hella Steelers fans. It's fucking bullshit. Bro, I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> dude, I still love smothering the Steelers. I hate them. You hear how I talk about them. I'm like, they're a fucking piece of shit. I hate their team. I hate everything about them. When we beat them, I, I just disrespect the fuck out of them. So to an extent, I understand. I do too. But. Why do we do that as Bengals fans? Because they had our number for so long. Because Big Ben went 25-8 and eight against us. You know what I'm saying? Because they kept having their number or kept having our number. And we had the Chiefs number. And, so the best we can do is obviously get back at them. And I, I also think it was, it was also, and everybody knows it, 
it was the mayor. I think the mayor really, really fired up the Kansas City fans. So it was, it yeah. may, it, it might even not, a, you know, like they might, they, in a sense, when you look at the three games, if anything, I could tell that a lot of the Chiefs fans there were nervous because we oh, like, yeah. like every time, and this is what I loved about the game until we got down to the two minutes when, when the referees, you know, didn't just let them play a game. But that's besides the point. I don't want to get into that. But, you know, the whole game leading up to it, it was just totally back and forth. It was awesome. So, like, you know, when the Chiefs fans are going crazy ballistic because they just did something amazing, then the next drive we come back and do the <laughs> same shit. And I'm, like, the only one in the section being annoying and yelling. I'm like, yeah, it, But they're go. deep down. They're like, oh, shit, not again. Exactly. I heard hella Chiefs fans, bro. Exactly. All of them told me, and I'm not trying to hang my hat on it, yep. but – all of them told me, bro, when we got that ball at the minute and a half left and we converted that third and 16, yep. every single one of them told me it's over. Oh, like, we just I, lost I again. See, I, I could see – so a lot – like, there was this – the guy next to me that was talking a lot of shit. Like, he – uh, yeah, he he was he, – he had his he had his head held low. Like, he, he, was, he was staring down. But, yeah, I think <laughs> it was more – I think it was really more – yeah, yeah, you got their number. But then once, once Travis Kelsey – you know, said what he said about the mayor and the mayor, mayor shouldn't have came out and did that. Like he, he mm -hmm. shouldn't have. I, I love the mayor because, you know, I met him. He, he's a cool dude, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't in his, his best interest to do something like that, especially before the game. You know, we all know yeah. and talk about, you know, Joe Burrow and, and how people, you know, try to say he's cocky, but he's confident. And in a sense also, it's like he never starts the trash talk. He always finishes it and at the end you know he'll light up his cigar and do what he needs to but yeah that that wasn't anything and i think you know maybe burrow and himself was like god damn like why why is everybody why is everybody talking right now why why can't we just go into this afc championship you know even kill like how i come into the, every game like let's just yeah let's just shot and i think i think going into next year and i think going forward until they get it you know should you even smoke a cigar until you get get back to the super bowl and win it like you know what i mean so i get yeah. it like, it it especially like the afc north like winning that and i i firmly believe they can they can win that again no matter what like you know joe burrow you can you can easily win every single year but yeah i man did i know this is so random but did you have you seen the tweet from Devonte Adams? Like, I I couldn't imagine if what? Aaron Rodgers came to the AFC. Oh yeah, I saw your tweet, bro. Talk I, about, I, bro. Have, oh my gosh, bro. Like, Aaron like, Rodgers. Like, where's everybody in the NFC? Like, there's there's like Jalen Hurts. Like, I, it's disgusting, bro. I just like, don't understand it, it. Gosh, bro. It's like. <laughs> It, yeah, it's fucking crazy. But I, I, I'm advocating for Lamar Jackson to literally leave Baltimore and just try to go win a championship in the NFC. On the real, bro, I mentioned that before, how I wanted to go to the Lions really bad because that run game is already fucking fire. The uh, and they have really good receivers. Exactly. They just have a great – they have a great offense. I've been saying right. that before, you know, the, the entire season. But – and that, bro – I, I remember making a post about the Pro Bowl. Of course, the Pro Bowl isn't directly correlative because look at bum-ass Tyler Huntley, uh, which is a joke. 
<laughs> um, it's sad, man. the The whole Pro Bowl thing is just tarnished at this point. Dude, I didn't opinion. even know it was on. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, it, I'm sorry. Like, I don't even care that my guys. I don't even care that our players are in it. I don't give a fuck. It it's was like, bad. it was first bad. off. Yeah, in particular for us and 49ers, we don't want to fucking be there. I don't want to be there. I don't want to see my players there, bro. I'm in a delusional sense. Like, I was kind of joking about it in the Twitter spaces this week. Um, you know, they, they would ask my opinion on uh, draft and stuff. I'd be like, hey, you know what? I'm still in a completely delusional realm. Like, I deserve to be in the Super Bowl. So I'm not, like, involving myself in anything right now because I think, I des- I think I'm in the bowl. Because I don't want to not do – it's like it, – not that I'm, you know, can't believe that we've fucking lost. I've processed that, and I'm okay with that as much as I can. It's just – it's so frustrating, man, that we're not there. And, yeah, like the Pro Bowl, it's so tarnished. But back with Lamar, it's like the reason I brought up the Pro Bowl, you saw the NFC players who made it. And the NFC players who made it, actually, the quarterbacks, actually deserve to make it. But the list was fucking Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, and Geno fucking Smith. <laughs> Lamar Jackson would be battling. He would be a top three team in the NFC probably every year with the Niners and Eagles and a certain another team or maybe the Cowboys every now and then. You know, it's like, I fucking hope he goes there. And I, you know what, bro? I hope he wants to because he's like, you know what? The Ravens don't really want me. They don't want to pay me what – oh. The Lions will? Oh, shit. Someone else will? Man. And, and then Aaron Rodgers would leave? So you'd be like, I'm battling with Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields? Bro, he better get the fuck on. He better get out of here, bro. I don't want to face him anyways. And uh, <laughs> I think he would succeed in fucking Detroit, man. I really do. That That's interesting because, like, I think, like, the receivers in Detroit really fit his game. Or Atlanta. But he has no weapons again. So it's like, well, yeah. he has Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's familiar <laughs> with an elite tight end. Right. Dude, that, holy fuck. The Falcons are like a spinning image of the Ravens offense. Good run game, good O line, horrible weapons with some names, I guess. Um, so I don't know how much you'd want that. But look at, Drake bro, did you see, yeah, in Kyle Pitts, obviously, and they can get another guy. But did you see the fucking uh, PFF post today of no. the landscape, the quarterbacks currently for each NFC South team? Desmond Ritter, um, Kyle Trask, PJ Walker, <laughs> and uh, 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 what are, what's his fucking name? Jameis Winston. Oh my! Oh, but this has to be the worst division of quarterbacks I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> wow! So if Lamar would go to Atlanta, like imagine inserting Lamar Jackson, like wow. you're you're winning that division off top, like no doubt. So. That's insane. Yeah, man. So, uh, obviously, as Bengals fans, we all would want Lamar to take a fucking hike and get out of the division. So, Darnold, Darnold's gone now. I'm assuming he's a free agent. Yup, yup. His contract's officially up, from my understanding. And, uh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen what? with him. I, mean, I wouldn't that, be surprised if they'd bring him back. That's such a bad division. Oh, my it's God. It's disgusting, bro. It is, <laughs> I mean, just absolutely horrific. Um, but... All right, man. Um, man, we've been going for 30 minutes already. Obviously, <laughs> kind of processing how the game transpired. You know, guys, we don't have to go much more into the game. I already did on Monday night uh, or Tuesday night. 
uh, everybody knows what happened. And we all know how we feel. So let's just put the AFC Championship game behind us. Yep. Um, look, man, you're wanting to run through a recap of 2022. So you can go ahead and lead it off. What are some of the main takeaways that you took from this 2022 season? Wow. Um, I think that we have a really great center for years to come. I think Ted Karras is is a guy that's really going to hold down that that offensive line. Um, and and that offensive line is is still coming together, unfortunately. And at some point, I think they really they will get there. Um, so I think that was. That was the takeaway. Um, I think another one is, and, and we talked about this, like T. Higgins, he's super special. I mean, like the fact that he could literally do everything and more, you know, him and Jamar Chase obviously are different, but they are so good in the sense that, you know, one is not greater than the other and in a big way at all so you know t higgins hopefully will get a you know contract extension you know this offseason because he you know he deserves it um and then our defense like the fact that chidobi god chidobi why did i say that i feel so bad now i feel so (laughs) bad chidobe um so like when he went down obviously there's a lot of lost hope and the fact that, you know, the most hated guy on earth and, you know, on social media, Eli Apple was able to step up. Then you got the rookie, Cam Taylor Britt, who you know, at first we saw, you know, he, you know, he struggled and it, it took him a little bit and he finally, he didn't let it get to him. He just, he got better, he got better and he got better and, you know, he, he's, he's going to be really good. I think that was, you know, one thing. To, to look at and then w- what would the team look like if a guy like Jermaine Pratt potentially walked you know like if somehow Cincinnati doesn't bring him back do you move you know Akeem Davis Gathers in, in that position and you know rely on him more do you go after someone in the draft to replace Pratt um so there's there's a lot of interesting things is Dax Hill ready at free safety, but the recap overall for that defense was like next man up, and they they did it all year long. And I'm mm-hmm. super super proud of what Lou Anarumo was able to do because at points, you know, you had all your defensive ends out. You had, you know, for the longest time in the beginning of the season, DJ Reader was out for extended weeks, so they just had multiple multiple things they had to deal with every single week and they had to you know get around that and they wound up going on you know a 10 game 11 game win streak and unfortunately it ended the way it did but you you can't like you said can you decide whether this was a successful season or not I personally think I really think it was like it, it, there's yeah. there's a lot to celebrate for for the season. Obviously, it didn't end the way we wanted, but we literally made it to the AFC Championship game again. Exactly, nobody, man. Nobody can can act like we we were a fluky team again. Like we we de- we demanded our respect. We got it. Like 
And even yeah. if they don't want to give it to us, like we will be back. And there, there's no, there's no fear of that. Like I, we, we saw Andy Dalton take the Bengals to the playoffs five years straight. What makes you think <clears throat> can't do that and more? So yeah, well, man, it's from all the opposition. Um, it's funny because where the flukiness came from had no uh, uh, s- stability and proof, right? Uh, personnel wise behind it, nothing. It had no proof other than uh, morally, in the sense of people weren't prepared for the Bengals to be good. That's all that it was. They they didn't expect us. And what I would respond with people as is like, okay, it's not my fault you weren't ready. It's not my fault you didn't know. I don't give a fuck if you didn't know or not. Like, here we are. Like, and you just have to adapt because it is what it is. And, you know, if anybody would still stand on the flukiness of it, I would just go back, as I've told you before and told many other people, with the foundation of the team. You run down the roster and fucking prove to me on your side of how we are fluky, on who this quarterback is, who our receiving core is, who our running back is, how our – Offense looked as a whole, our coaching staff, the culture that was established, the defense from secondary, linebacker, defensive line, edge, interior. They, they couldn't support against it. And it would just come back to, look, your flukiness agenda is just because you weren't fucking ready for the Cincinnati Bengals to be good. That ain't my fucking fault you're behind. So, and yeah, obviously we put that shit to bed, man. I mean, two AFC champions, um, championship trips in a row, the Super Bowl the AFC championship. And I wanted to add this man. Um, Cause um, I, I actually forgot to add the most important part of my quote unquote Met Gala concept. The, the Met Gala concept I finished with is when it becomes apparent that we are one of those premier teams. It is truly a gamble, man. Yes, there may be a hierarchy within the quote-unquote Met Gala room. Like the Eagles look like the most dominant team right now. Uh, We can talk about that in a bit. Um, But, dude, really, every swing that these Met Gala teams take can be at RKO. Because they're just the premier teams. Like, anybody could have won that Bills game. Like I said, of course, there's some ways on how the Bengals could have won. Maybe there were a bit more. Or the Bills, whatever the fuck. It's still a gamble. So I think people just have to prioritize being that team. It's truly a gamble, man. What was the gamble that we couldn't overcome this year? Facing the Bills and the Chiefs to get to the fucking bowl. We couldn't do it this year. And like I said, go back, just like the Chiefs couldn't last year. It's the gamble of it. You just have to know that we are the Met Gala team. We can't be no fucking getting in the dance team. That's not. That's the disappointment. I really think that I, I wouldn't I eh, I don't know. I mean, if we would have been a wild card, I don't know, man. Nah, I can't say we gotta win the division because of who's in it. But it's like you just gotta be that Met Gala team, man, the premier team. And it's truly a gamble. You don't know. Like you don't know who it's gonna be. Bro, all of us thought that the Niners had a real shot to beat the shit out of the Eagles. All of us did, even with Purdy. Like, I think the Niners were just as good of a team, if not better, than the Eagles. Obviously, everything that happened with them, you know, things fell off the rails. But they got punched in the mouth. What did that one punch lead to? They got the shit beat out of them. 
That's just how it goes sometimes, bro. Yeah. You get that one fucking punch from these big juggernaut teams, you're done. Yeah. What did we do? We laid one big punch metaphorically on the Bills. What did we do? Beat the fuck out of them. It's just how it goes. Like, and the Chiefs, we kept dealing jabs back and forth. And then, of course, you know, we kind of punched ourselves, you know, uh, with the last, you know, infamous play on defense and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, man, that that's just – the metaphor I wanted to wrap it up with. That is truly a gamble. People cannot, yes, you can have your eyes set, your hopes um, turned towards the Super Bowl, but the reality is, man, you can't, you can't fully expect to be there because you got other juggernaut teams, man. Yeah, and that, that's what's crazy about the AFC is juggernaut teams like you you gotta go through the gauntlet to to get where you want to get and it bro rogers i know he would end up with the raiders that's what i'm saying holy shit bro like think about this patrick mahomes he is on an all-time great trajectory he is like beyond this game i actually love patrick mahomes i love him as a player i think he's a great dude I really like him. I enjoy watching him. I think he's a good character. Same with Travis Kelsey. Obviously, right. I fucking hate playing him. You know, I hate the 60 minutes that we're playing him. Uh, but he's a great player, man. He's an all-time great already. And then in a scenario that Rodgers goes to the Raiders, bro, he's the best, most talented quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, yep. he's not the greatest. I've already defined that many times before. Then you got a young star in Herbert, then we don't know what the fuck Russell Wilson is, but notoriety, he's still Russell Wilson. Which like, Sean that would Payton. probably be the... Yeah, Sean fucking Payton. Andy Reid! Bro, some of the greatest offensive minds in the fucking modern football era. Like, and it, gosh, bro. I was... I remember so many people telling me quickly, then I'll let you get to your point. So yeah. many people were telling me, like, look, all because those teams look like juggernauts, don't mean they're going to win hella games. Like, people got to lose. And how we saw this season transpire, ain't it crazy that record-wise, you look at the talent on the rosters and the record, and the discrepancy is so crazy. Like, we saw the Raiders coming into the season. We're like, holy fuck, they may fuck around and win 10, 11 games in that division. Everybody, 10, 11 games. Raiders, six wins. Fucking bum-ass... Uh, Broncos, four wins. Like, the Chargers, 10 wins again or 11. Like, it don't always correlate to fucking 13 and four records like we had. Right. Yeah. I 100% agree. Uh, did you see that? Uh, I think it was it was for um, the Broncos, Sean Payton. Was it Brian Flores that went there for a defense coordinator interview? I think. Oh my gosh! I did that, not see that. that. Would I mean that would just be. Oh my gosh! Like that would, I mean the coaching staff that Sean Payne puts together that with Brian Flores at freaking. Wow, bro! Here. Yeah, I, I don't want to see them. I mean that's <laughs> crazy. Which I think we are seeing them next year. Um, oh my gosh, man! Yeah, that that defense is so good. Um, Patrick Sertain is fucking awesome. Yeah, He's he really is. In the league. Um, yeah, man, I surely would not Brian. Fl- I would not want to be in that division with Brian Flores. Uh, I think so- I saw someone say, um, you know what? Maybe I did see the Brian Flores 
meeting with the Broncos because I saw some people say, uh, great, you know, please take down Mahomes. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he can get out of our way. And Man, hey, if Rodgers goes to the fucking Raiders, even though that Raiders defense has been horrible. Bro, I don't want to get too sidetracked here. This is crazy to think about. So, Carr is like us. Uh, Carr is a better version of Dalton. That you was know? savage what he said. Oh, it was, bro. But, <laughs> hey, it's real, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. it's the facts. I love that he said it, bro. You saw his face grimace a bit. He's like, uh-huh. it was funny. You saw his face with the grimace and processing like, hmm. You know, I said that, but fuck it. It's true. It is what it is. I was like, yes, sir. That shit needs to be more. I'm glad that players are becoming more vulgar and transparent like that, man. Uh, I love it. But, um, um, uh, oh, oh, with Derek Carr, bro, I read that according to, uh, I don't know if ESPN or some shit, Derek Carr's defense, defenses for his nine years in uh, Las Vegas, the highest ranking they ever had was 28th overall. What? He had, bro, every year it was 30th, 31st, 31st, 32nd, 32nd, 30th, 28th. It was fucking embarrassing. So you're talking about, look, we know Derek Carr's not elite. Like, he's not a great winner. He's not, but he's a winner, man. I He can win. I really think he can. And he's, dude, he puts up numbers. Like, like I said, he he's probably not going to, he's never going to win a bowl. But I'm telling you, man, you get him on a team with a good fucking defense. Like, I don't even want to get too sidetracked, but what team? The fucking Jets. Bro, you get into the Jets with a good defense? With weapons? Dude. Derek Carr, I mean, he may fucking press Josh Allen. Knock him out for us. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. That's definitely an interesting one. The Jets. I, I saw something about potentially Tampa Bay, but yeah, oh. I think. I think Ooh. the I think the Jets one's interesting. Go to Tampa Bay though, you got you know obviously everybody's freaking coming to the AFC. So damn, yeah, no, no shit, bro. Oh yeah, fuck, you're right. We need That's... to get all these quarterbacks out of the fucking AFC, bro. It's fraudulent. <laughs> it's and and we were talking fraud. that that division has terrible quarterbacks. So Kyle Trask yeah. is their quarterback right now. No shit, man. And kind of like Tom Brady was kind of like. Production-wise, of course, winner-wise, they're different monsters. Uh, yeah. But production-wise, Derek Carr's a ton like Tom Brady. Like, Derek can sling that fucking rock, bro. He can, and he's yeah. got weapons. So that'd be interesting, man. I would definitely like to see him with the uh, Bucks. I just want to see him win some fucking playoff games, man. Kind of shut up some of the doubters. But, all right, dude, we've been getting uh, sidetracked a lot. Guys in the macro, it's what off-season shit is, you know? Yep. Eli was talking a lot of shit. Cancun on three. I've been fucking around a bit. Drake, I don't know how much you were in this space a decent amount during the playoffs. But um, Zim, you know, had a lot of funny comments, you know, talking about leather or suede with what couch you want. And, um, <laughs> you know, we kind of been taking the jokes on ourselves. It's it's funny. You know, I've been kind of joking around like, yeah, man, you know, I've been in Bora Bora. It's been pretty nice, you know, sipping on the margaritas and um you know, just really down bad right now. It's, it's funny. Just kind of owning it, you know, as we dished it so <laughs> right. much, you know, and rightfully so. 
mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, you know, to just own it because I think character, you know, character wise for me, and I could tell a lot of other people who I interact with, you know, you want to walk it, but you got to talk it too, yep. you know, and it bit us in the butt, you know, obviously the loss, how it went. And yeah. It's just funny, man. You know, it's like, well, it can't catch me. I'm in Bora Bora. Ha <laughs> ha. It's yeah. like, shout it's out. just funny. Shout out Ghetto Gronk, man. He really relieved my my sadness because he he posted a bunch of memes and there was there was one that was talking about Cancun and it, I, I'll send you it. I don't know if you saw it, but it just yeah. it it really it really made me happy because obviously the loss was tough, but that one that one was funny because yeah, you own yeah. up to it, but yeah, it's just the the comedy relief that it was just yep. that it was perfect timing yeah absolutely man and um look so i i know you uh really summed up you know your recap of 2022 um i'll run down mine a bit then we can kind of get in some of the updates today yeah um, you know what 2023 offseason is going to look like and shit like that look man this was the best team in our history and that's something to really celebrate i mean you're talking I, – I, I don't know if last year was one of the best teams in history, in our franchise history, but it was certainly one of them. And then this year I think you kind of put a stamp on it. You know, you navigate through what you navigate through, especially the injuries, man. Look, we know it's a war of attrition. You got to be available. Your best ability is availability. You got to be healthy. Like – We've seen teams get completely derailed. The fucking Rams this year, they got derailed. They got their spirits just wiped out because they kept getting decimated with injuries. And, of course, the stability of that team, we all know it. It wasn't that stable. Then they crumbled down. We, bro, I mean, I'll, I'll even add in the reality that we couldn't even play another game. So you're without TB for five games. Uh, well, four and a half because he was cooking in the first quarter of the Chiefs game. He had the 45 yards on that fucking one drive to end the first quarter. Then he hurts his quad. So you go without TB for almost five full games. He dressed for three of them. It's so funny, bro. You hear some opposition say, oh, you're lying, bro. He wasn't out for that long. Okay, well, I can tell you don't watch any of the games. You're just going off a stat sheet, you fucking donkey. Because remember, bro, multiple games he would dress, wouldn't play. Same with T couple games he played or a couple games he dressed up didn't play so you went without tb for five games t without five games jamar went for out uh without six games man insane DJ reader seven cheeto bro like hendrickson uh, hubbard. yes hendrickson multiple exactly all of these guys man hubbard did turn out to be pretty fortunate we dismissed them for one game yeah. but still like bro i mean we we navigated through so much this year, man. And um, I'm glad that I'm not a guy that hangs my hat on injuries. Yep. Um, it doesn't mean the injuries didn't come to our detriment, though. Sadly, they did. They did. But I'm not completely excusing that, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, if we had this guy, blah, 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 blah. We didn't. So, that's me, though. I'm not going to indulge. I'm not going to be some weirdo other fans that make excuses and are victims and None of that shit. I don't reflect accountability around here. I don't want any other Bengals fan to as well. But we navigated through those injuries, man. Like, Chiefs fans were like, oh, what the fuck are you guys going to do about Eli Apple in the offseason as your cornerback one, LOL? 
I'm like, just right, right. I'm just so tired of people just saying stupid shit. I'm like, just, just stop talking, please. Sorry, well, like, not like, even to be disrespectful. Yeah, and I, I saw something else too. Someone was talking about it. They were like, and obviously we can get into this. I'm just, I'm just throwing this out here real quick. Um, but someone was like saying, you know, if if you lose Joe Mixon, right? If you if you somehow cut Joe Mixon, boom, you have no run game, and it's like you clearly didn't watch the games this year when we did use P Ryan as our main back. Like, and yeah, I, I know that's hopefully totally, a cheese fan didn't say that. I, I don't know. So I'll have to go in and look at P Ryan had one sixty against them. Remember in December, that's what I'm 160. saying. So I, I said to him, I was like, tell me you didn't watch any games without telling me because like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of like crazy. Like I, I yep. personally, and we, we can talk about it after your recap of the season, but, like, I personally think that, you know, Joe Mixon, and I love him, I think he is replaceable. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I – but, yeah, you finished your recap, my bad. Yeah, no, no, it's cool, bro. You you were cooking. Um, Yeah, man, I mean, it, it's ironic going back with the corners. Um, And, look, I'm not saying everybody has to know. Like, it's okay if you don't know who Cheeto is. Right. But – it's just like, I guess this really isn't a big point. It's just a little silly thing I saw of people still hanging on to LOL. Eli Apple was your cornerback one. You better replace, you know, you better find a cornerback, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, so do you know who our, you know, a top seven corner in the league is? Chitabe Awuzie? Oh, you don't know who he is. Well, then shut the fuck up. Like, you just, like, I mean, it's not like we navigated with fucking Eli Apple again this season. Again. Dude, like, talk about a backup getting their dream, bro. Like, typically when you're a backup, a majority of the time, you don't see the field that often. Eli Apple has had over 2,000 snaps the past two seasons as a backup, bro. Because our guys have went down. Drake, you want to hear something disgusting? This is with the context of Trey Waynes was our presumed cornerback one to enter the 2021 season. Cheeto really cemented himself as the cornerback one about midway through the year last year with how good he was playing. But so we'll go with the context that Trey was our intended cornerback one to head into the 2021 season. Our past three seasons. And what? Uh, let me think really quick. I don't even fucking know how many games we played. We'll just say 55 games. 55 games. We've had our cornerback one for eight games. Eight and 55 games. No ops know that because we're not bitching about it and hanging our hat off. Like they don't know. And, and they don't know who Cheeto is. He's an all pro caliber corner. We know who he is. So. And before he, before he came into himself, you know, us Bengals fans, we're, we're going into the season thinking, you know, okay, we're coming out with a cornerback two at cornerback one. We're coming out with the, you know, backup corner and Eli Apple at you know starting corner. That's mm-hmm. that's our first thoughts, and then they oh. they come into their own. And like you said, yeah, Cheeto's definitely a top seven corner, and and he he deserves his respect. I know definitely Bills fans that were that were talking and stuff like that. They they didn't even know who Cheeto was. It's like, yeah, you know, hey, you don't watch football, so yeah. In in it's like like I said, I, I really don't care arguing with fans. Um. It's been actually pretty impressive for me personally. 
navigating through this time as um i i typically nav i navigate through my emotions pretty well uh which is a great thing because i've dedicated a lot of time to it in my life but and in this in particular last year i didn't struggle with it more but i we had a lot more to battle with you know like the fluky shit then i'd have to support reasons why we weren't or who's this guy how do you guys make the super bowl you have no stars blah 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 we have to say who dj reader is logan wilson blah 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 blah. now it's like fans are still they don't know and it's like look man i can't help you but i i just love the perspective of like look i don't give a fuck if you don't know we're coming so be ready or don't be ready because you're going to find out the same exact way whether you fucking know or not, you know? And it's like it's so many times, bro, I remember leaving a game and an opposition would be like, who the fuck is Cheeto? Right. Yeah, that dude's a fucking baller. He's amazing. And, man, just to even get off that topic, um, re- recapping, going a lot more on the recap here. Um, yeah, it was a great season, man. It was a great season. Of course, we wish it turned out differently. But Joe got better, man. Jamar got better. Of course, Jamar was played differently. So, please, everybody listening, don't become, you know, victim of just the stats. All because a player didn't put up better stats doesn't mean he didn't get better. Jamar absolutely got better. He's just, (sighs) dude, defenses sell. They sell every week, every snap, to not have Jamar Chase ruin their football game. They remember the 266. They remember the 201. They remember. Exactly. Exactly. And I I don't mean to interrupt you, but man, like I I always think about it like this too. Like Burroughs 26, right? Little came in a little older for a rookie. I get it. But when I really look in a retro perspective, like quarterbacks really start to come into their own once they're, you know, around 20, 28 to 30. So We've not even seen the best of Joe Burrow yet, so it, it, it's that that's absolutely one, that's one sweet positive thought to look at it like because Burrow Burrow's literally going to come into next season at 26 years old, and we've we've not yet seen the best Joe Burrow. Like he's only going to get better. And you said we we saw the best Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase this year. Like we we did because. And you wouldn't think that because it was kind of more quiet than like last year because it was Jamar's rookie season, but they they are them. Like like Joe Burrow said, I'm him. So I I really and firmly believe like once Burrow hits thirty years old, I think that's really when he's like gonna like start doing his Tom Brady shit. Like and, and that's you know we get the comparisons. You don't you don't want to do that, but yeah. I'm being serious. Like I really think that's when he's gonna start doing his thing like from a veteran perspective he he's still young like people mm-hmm. forget that joe burrow yeah i get lamar jackson's younger than i've been in the league longer but burrow is still young he's still adapting i mean yeah he, exactly he's, he's clearly you know adapted to the nfl but he's still actively adapting year in and year yeah, out bro people get better look exactly. at their cousins exactly exactly yep. he's only gonna get better look at geno smith so like Uh yeah i i i really believe like all it takes is that one year and yeah i I, i've said it i think in a few years and i don't want to wait that long obviously but that's super bowl in a couple years you know it's in lsu it has joe burrow written all over 
Like it has over it. (laughs) I mean, not just Joe, you know, obviously Jamar and right. Anybody else. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, man. Um, and then we, you know, like some delusional fans, we magically acquired Justin Jefferson via trade and we won the Super Bowl in fucking New Orleans. I can see it out. Yeah. That would just be unfair, bro. Um, (laughs) Uh, dude, I got some other unfair scenarios that would never happen, but they sound awesome. Uh, we'll definitely talk about those later. But um, <laughs> I, um, I really wanted Thaddeus uh, Moss to become a star. I will say that I wanted that. Oh yeah, everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> till we till I looked at this dude, and I'm like, this dude fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. Like he's just ass. Like he's not good. And obviously, you know, it shows now, man. He's not on a roster. Uh fuck. What was I gonna say? Um, oh. Bro, I mean, Jamar, dude, he still put up some of the best numbers in the league this year per game. He had the third or second most reception yards per game this year. It's just that he played six less games. You know what I mean? I I really think, like, this season showed what Jamar – because Jamar's goal was he wanted to get the triple crown, right? And I was was more hesitant. You know, when I looked at his rookie season, you know, the receptions, and then I was like, you know, could Jamar really – you know, with obviously everybody getting their touches, you know, could Jamar even be close to that? And I think yeah. I firmly believe the way Jamar was playing and he didn't even have to get deep every game. Like he could have seven catches for 84 yards and, and call it a great game. Like, yeah, I think I think Jamar could definitely get that triple crown with with the reception <sighs> per game he did. And I believe compared to his rookie season, I think he I think he averaged more yards per game this year. Than he last year. I'm. I'm. My- yeah. No. That. That's right. Well. Well. I. I would say this about that. I don't think he would get triple crown because, at least right now, right. Well, that also doesn't correlate to a player's ability and how good they are. We know that. But I was bringing this concept up. Um, the Rams really opened it up with the James Harden effect. The LeBron, the 2022 LeBron, 2023 LeBron James effect. You can have a player get their numbers every week. You can have them get their numbers. But how effective and efficient and overall good are you as an offense? Look, Cooper Cup got his 250 targets. Okay. But that, and also the first six weeks of the season, it's crazy how long Cooper Cup was out. He got his crazy targets. He got his 11, 15, 17 targets a game. What did they do? They kept losing, bro. It's like you eventually lose your dimension. Look at James Harden for many years with the Rockets. He put up his 35, 45 points a night. They weren't correlating to W's because the offense becomes so centric around one person. A defense can scheme against that and you can get your numbers, but it doesn't mean it's going to correlate to success. The Bengals are beyond that. The Bengals are a machine that is beyond just one player having to control everything for them. They don't – the Bengals aren't dependent on Jamar getting them going. You know what I'm saying? I so that's that. why – yeah, and it's true, though. The Vikings are – and I'm not saying the Vikings are completely dependent on J.J., but they sure as fuck want to be. We don't need to be dependent on Jamar. It's right. just a luxury that, hey, we have Jamar Chase. That's why we're going to beat the fuck out of you because, oh, yeah, we do have an efficient run game. Oh, yeah, we do have a premier running back who, you know, something to talk about later on maybe not the same exact guy anymore but we have a top 10 receiver in t higgins we have the best slot receiver in football we have tight ends that can work and oh yeah we got the best fucking mind in this league joe burrow that will cut you up you know what i'm saying like tyreek hill look 
everything started with Tyreek Hill in that offense with the great compliment of Jalen Waddle. They both had a lot of yards, so you got to respect them. But you can get your production, man. It doesn't mean you're going to keep winning a fuckload of games. And that's why I don't think Jamar would ever get the triple crown. I just don't know. There's too many weapons right now. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I definitely think right now it'd be a little, little harder because you got all the weapons. But yeah, I think at some point it's possible. But yeah, right now definitely, definitely hard to do, especially if you got a guy on the outside like like T Higgins who's getting a thousand. So yeah, I I God man, our our team is so freaking talented, man. Like and it's gonna get even better. All right, man. I think this is a good time to kind of step into the segment of uh, where we are today. Yes, As you said. You think this team can get even better? I think they can too. Um, look, we got multiple free agents. Um, what's awesome is that of the starters on offense and defense, we only have four people, four players that have their contracts up. Of course, we have Eli Apple. Um, who's the other guy? I think it's another backup. Um, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is another backup. Yeah. So beyond the backups. The starters that have contracts up are Hayden Hurst. Only guy on offense, people, okay? So, listen, everybody's talking about, oh, T. Higgins, Tristan Hurst. He's not a fucking free agent, okay? He's fine. Okay, everyone? He's okay. He's not going anywhere this year, unless the Bengals would choose to. And the likeliness of them choosing to trade him, the Bengals have made five trades. Six, sorry. Six trades in their fucking history. They don't trade, bro. They don't do it. Especially a player like him, it would it would take a lot. It would take yes, it, bro. It would take a lot, a lot. So I mean, like yes, I think AJ Brown's better than T, but not much. I mean, look at what he went for. He went for a premier first round pick. So yeah. it, a lot of things are up in the air with that, and I'm not even going to go down that because, like I said, we don't like to trade players. Um, but. Hayden Hurst is your one offensive player that's a free agent. Then you have on defense Jermaine Pratt and both your safeties. Uh, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. So those are the only starters that are um, having their contracts up. That's a phenomenal fucking position to be in, bro. So think about how good this team got at the right time. Last year, bro, out of our starting 22, I may have to think about this, actually. Out of our starting 22 last year, we had I'm, – I'm trying to think of the contracts that expired at the end of last year. We had Clinton Spain, CJ. Um, we cut Trey. Uh, so, Samaj, it was already extended at the beginning of last year. Which Oh, fuck. His contract's up, actually, but he's a backup as well. So, I technically didn't count him. Um. Man, his two-year contract went up went so fast. Uh, then on defense last year, we had Larry O. So that's four or some shit like that. Um, BJ, which we re-signed. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, BJ Hill, five. And uh, of the starters, I think that's it. So last year and this year combined starters on offense and defense – Nine players that have contracts up. That's fucking awesome, bro. What that tells you is that this team hit so hit a fucking gr- three grand slams. I mean, it, you hit it out of the park again and again and again with the picks. 
of course, with Joe Burrow being the nucleus of everything. Talk about a phenomenal situation to be in. Last year, you were top three in cap space. This year, you're top three in cap space. Of course, the landscape looks a bit different. Got to extend Joe and T and Logan and lots of guys. That can take up your money, which those that money is going to be pushed down a couple years, by the way. Exactly. Exactly, which I bro. I think that's important to really look at. And a lot of people fail to realize that. Like, yes. Bengals, Bengals, a lot of times it, it depends on your position, who you are, but, you know, they might they might backload all your money to the you know last three years of your contract and you yeah. might not get as much first two years. Like they, mm-hmm. they're very smart with how they structure deals that way. Very. They have the money year in and year out. So I'm not, I'm not concerned in that regard. And you, you make a good point. Like we don't have that many free agents. I know a lot of people are, are concerned about the way this offseason is going to go, but I'm, I'm really not that concerned. I think that. Yeah. No, I should figure be it out. I, I really think they're going to figure it out. A lot of people are just like, you know, concerned, obviously, our safeties, you know, people. Yeah. I saw something Joe Goodberry was talking about, you know, signing Juan Thornhill. And it's like, fuck Juan Thornhill. I want Von Bell back. So, um, yeah. yeah I, I don't know why. I, yeah. It would be a little cheaper option, but he's I, not I, even good. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would not want him. I, I want Von Bell back. So I don't know why. Yes. I, I was like, damn, Joe. But, you know, Joe, Joe's a great source for, for everything, especially around this time. Once it gets around draft time, that's when Joe's Joe's popping because he's cooking. Su- yeah, he's cooking because he's super, super good with prospects and stuff like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to just add with that, it's like, well, to think about the landscape with these players, with Jermaine. Look, there's a high chance he's going to go play somewhere else, okay? Obviously, a lot of people heard the video of the raw emotions after the game. And, uh, I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Like, he wants to be a three-down linebacker. We didn't use him as that because we trust ADG in space, okay? We're just loaded in the linebacker. Jermaine Pratt played like one of the best linebackers in football this year. He was phenomenal. We're going to extend Logan Wilson. Exactly. And we're – but here's what's so great, man. I'll assure every single one of you guys. I have a couple points, actually. So, Jermaine Pratt is going to be gone. That's my expectation. Yep. Who's replacing him? ADG. Who's more than ready. More than ready. ADG will be entering a contract year next year. So, maybe we draft a linebacker to maybe replace him. I don't know how that looks. But – there's our predecessor right there. ADG is a perfect – there is not a better option to replace Jermaine Pratt this year than with a guy like ADG. There's not a better one. one. So that should instill a lot of confidence, you know? And then with the safeties, Daxel's going to be really, really fucking good, okay? And people are, like, forgetting that. People think, like, yeah. what's so unfortunate is, like, if we were in a situation where Jesse Bates was at the end of his career, we, we would have saw the same thing that happened with Jesse Bates and George Iloka. We would have saw mm-hmm. with Dax Hill. So I feel like it's kind of it's kind of disrespectful. People people are like concerned, and I get it. You know, yeah, I, have I hear this, you. I get it, but yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I think Dax Hill is going to be a really good player. He's really uh-huh. athletic, and Pete, yeah, he. He's going to be a guy that's going to have a lot of turnovers. So yep. I, I'm, I'm not concerned in the 
that aspect. I think he can definitely ascend to to where he needs. And as long as you can, you know, lock up a guy like Von Bell, boom, your safeties yes. are. I mean, you drafted Dax Hill for this reason, and people yep. people think, oh, let, let's still you know latch onto the idea that you know Jesse Bates does chance like. There's going to be a team that's going to want to pay Jesse more money. Just, exactly. At the end of he's the day, not coming back. Exactly, and you know those guys they, they have friendships, but at the end of the day, it's business. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. I, I'm super confident in Dak. So I, I, I'm, he, I really am. <laughs> absolutely, man. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I was thinking, I was giggling because I was thinking of what somebody said a couple of days ago. Uh, the Twitter space, God bless her soul. They just asked a kind of a silly question. They were like. Hey, uh, do you see a world to where <laughs> Jermaine Pratt, uh, maybe takes like a couple million, uh, dollars a you know cheaper a year to stay with the Bengals because of his friendship with B.J. Hill? I'm <laughs> like, bro, um, uh, how, why? Like, imagine looking at your friend and being like, hey, man, I'm gonna take six million less dollars for you. Like, what are you in love with that dude? Right. I mean, fuck nah, bro. I'm getting my bag. Like, right. it, I I get some of people. I get someone thinking optimistically for that, and I'm not legitimately shitting on him. It's just kind of a silly question. Like, look, man, we're talking money here. All right. Like, look, <laughs> dude. It, if I was working with my lady, like my loved one, if I was offered millions upon millions and millions of dollars to go somewhere else, what the fuck? Like, what are we doing, bro? It's like. No, it's not happening. Jermaine's not going to take anything less than what he thinks he deserves, and I don't think it's going to come from here. So bringing it back with the predecessors and what's in place for this team and reasons for optimism, you have the answer for Jermaine Pratt, and you have the answer for Jesse Bates, and I'm really confident they're going to bring Von Bell back. I mean, why not? Like, right. instead of asking the question why, why not bring Von Bell back? Oh, he's earning your, you know, his third contract. I get it. He's entering year 30, understand that too, or, you know, um, age 30 season. I get that, but he just had a career year. Like, you're telling me you can't offer him? Okay, if you're concerned about his age and his potential decline, draft a guy. Right. Like, and maybe sign him to a two-year extension for well, well, 15 they did, million. They did. They did draft a guy, so it's like you – Yeah. You, you, have, you got Tyson Anderson. If oh, you, yeah, true. If you, if you have that concern of – Von Bell, you know, regressing. You do have a guy like that, but you can't put, you know, you can put all that trust into a guy like Dax Hill because you spent a first round pick on him, but you can't just hang your hat on, okay, Tyson Anderson's going to be our starting strong safety. Yeah, You're like, no, exactly. you go in the season with, you know, we, we have to have a starter there. And Von Bell, he's, he's going to, in my opinion, I think, I think he's going to get better. I, I think that veteran, we we've seen it like in the NFL before. Like there, there's these veteran safeties that come on towards the end of their career, and I think Von Bell is a testament to that. Well, especially with a guy like Lou, exactly, dude. He he very well can stay. It's yeah. highly likely that he's going to stay, and it's fucking amazing. Every year that we have of Lou is let's cherish it because. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep a guy like Lou, unless if he chooses to stay, to say, Hey, like uh, uh, Dan Quinn style, you know, Dan Quinn, the defense coordinator for the Cowboys. Now he was a good head coach. He led the Falcons to 
like multiple playoff wins, the Super Bowl, another NFC championship, like a, a seasoned head coach, a very respectable coach around here that's been a defensive coordinator for years. Every year he's offered jobs and fucking multiple years in a row he's ended up saying, you know what? No, I want to stay at D.C. You hope that can happen for Lou. Of course, it's not, a, it's not you know, the same situation with the Dan Quinn. So I feel like that once that opportunity really presents itself and a team says, hey, we want you, Lou, right. he's going to leave. I don't think it's going to be that year or this year. So it's great. I mean, I, I think that Lou is going to want Von Bell immensely. So bringing it back with the predecessors, Von is most likely coming back. There you go. Your safety room, no. Dax is not Jesse yet. But like you said, back in 2018, when George Iloka was cut, I don't know about everybody else, but me, I was like, what the fuck? Bro, George Iloka was really good for a couple years. Really good. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this dude's a stud, but like, yeah, we drafted this guy in the second round, but why did we already cut him? Jesse turned out to be who he was. I think Dax has more elite abilities than Jesse Bates. And they've always they've always drafted good at safety. Cincinnati has always drafted and been good at safety, in my opinion. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not concerned. Yeah, man. So there's just a lot of confidence, man. And then Eli Apple, there's like, I don't know, man. I I don't really like the energy a ton from Paul Daner and Jay Morris on how they're talking about Eli, but I got I certainly respect their opinion a ton because of the pulse that they have, you know, with the free, with the FO, it's far closer than what I have, but it's like the negative connotation around Eli. I know. I don't know why it's so bad. Like, dude, he was just talking shit and tell him to shut his fucking mouth. Then exactly. Lou, Lou, Lou was on Pat McAfee and and they brought it up and and Lou, Lou didn't seem to have a problem with it. You know, Lou, yeah. Lou, Lou, Lou even said, he's like, if, if we can get in their head before the game, we we've already got an advantage. So yeah. I, I think, and especially when you look at Cheeto going down mid season, you have to, you know, obviously it, it, you know, and that's how it ended up last year. Teams weren't interested in Eli. You hope that, you know, obviously that can turn out the same way and you can get it back on maybe a cheaper deal. But I, I think I think you have to bring Eli Apple back. Like that's yeah. that's Lou Anarumo's project right there. Like that's I think if Lou Anarumo went right in now, a successful project, and that's I, the biggest yeah, thing. I think, and I, I I truly believe if Lou Anarumo left today and went and got a head coaching job, I think Eli Apple would follow him. Yep, absolutely. I I, I totally too. agree. So, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely right, bro. I mean, think about it. The the turmoil that you've had in your career as Eli Apple. Yep. I mean, as we've said many times, there is not a single player in this league that people avidly hate, avidly express their hate, almost in a fun manner about Eli Apple. It's a lot on a player. I don't give a fuck how one, you know, shows how tough they are. And I'm not saying he's like some weak guy that's crying himself to bed every night. But I'm also not saying I – mean, well, I'm also saying that this dude doesn't have the comfort of knowing people – a lot of people love him, you know, in society. And like I said, you know, it's a nuanced thing. Depending on how much one cares about that, he seems pretty strong emotionally. We love him here. Dude, 
so many fans love Eli. Or maybe oh, I'm just completely delusional in my own world uh, as I run the Eli Apple train. It's like he had he's had success here. He's respected here. I see every reason why he'd want to come back here. He was just uh, last week or a few days ago when he was saying, I'll go wherever I'm wanted. He said that as just player speak, as you should. We want him back here, and I think that's going to come down to it. I think it's going to look exactly like it did last year. Like, we're going to wait a bit. We're not going to be all over his fucking feet saying, hey, man, please, 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 please come back. We'll let him test a bit. He's not going to see what he likes. Then he's going to come back. Like, I was asking people. I was like, okay, beyond a rookie corner, which I totally understand if you choose to go this route, but beyond a rookie corner, how much of a better player can you have as a cornerback for than Eli Apple? How much better can you find? You can't. I don't think you can, bro. You can't because he, like like we've said on the podcast week in and week out, he's played like a low-end cornerback one, so you can't, yep. you can't find that anywhere else. Like, that's... That's pure talent. He could go somewhere else, and and it it might not work out. So yeah, to have a guy like that who can just step in, and I think it's underrated. But the last two years, you know, Eli Apple has been a starter in the NFL. He, he's not mm-hmm. he's not been a backup till the time you said he's got over two thousand snaps. Like that's that's crazy production. Like he yep. he's putting he's putting out production, and, and the fact that he can live with the the pressure on his shoulders of being the most hated player and still go out like like what what kind of shocks me and like you know it was it was the same with MVS coming out and saying like I was talking Liar. so much shit and I was burning them all night. Well when you look at the stat sheet he yep. didn't give up a catch to you and he only gave up 17 yards like it was it was Mike Hilton that had a rough game and, and nobody yeah. that's what's so biased about the hate towards Eli is like nobody wants to face the reality when a guy like Mike Hilton has a terrible game. Like, uh-huh. like, yeah, we, we love Mike Hilton. He had a terrible game. That uh, was terrible. a terrible game. Like, yep. and you, you don't put a five, nine slot corner on a six, four guy like MBS, like that runs a four, three. It, exactly. He's not, he's not a world beater, but if you put him in uh-huh. a position where, you know, he can produce like a world beater and we've seen that before we, we let Mike white torch us. We, we've seen these players, you know, come out of nowhere and torch us because, you yeah. know, they had a good plan. The chiefs just had a better game plan and that that's what it is. But Eli Apple, the hate it's, it's not, it's not deserved. I mean, if he gives up a, a deep ball, I get it, but that, that that's happened to all our cornerbacks this year. And that happened yeah. at the cornerback position. But yeah, Eli Apple, I, I believe only gave up like eight more yards in the regular season, like eight more yards allowed than like Marlon Humphrey. So like the, the it, fact that Denzel people, Ward gave up more yards in four less games. There, there you go. So it, it's yep. disrespectful. Five. Sorry. There, Five. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So, yep. I just the the hate towards Eli. It people people would realize if they were in our position. And Eli just he had a bad stint early in his career. And players are at fault from bad coaching. Like you can't tell me if Joe Burrow was you know on. And I saw a podcast that was talking about it. Like I guess uh, was it PFT Commander? He was. I guess he's a Commanders fan. And he texted Joe Burrow and was like, "Hey, like." 
sent him like a, a jersey swap and was like, imagine if you were a commander. And Burrow was like, thank God. Basically saying like, thank God I wasn't. Because in a sense, like players, it's we've seen it in Cleveland, players go to die in certain franchises because the coaching in the front office it, it's not it's not up to par to what, what the player needs and people were concerned yeah. about that with Joe Burrow coming to Cincinnati and you know I was never I was never concerned about it because Cincinnati just gets a bad rep because of you know the the playoff history and you know Mike Brown being cheap but you know Cincinnati Cincinnati knew it I, I knew that that wasn't going to be a bad position now I, I personally believe if you put Justin Herbert in, in this situation, I don't think he would have handled the adversity as well. We'd, as... we'd be the Chargers right now. Exactly, exactly. So yep. you look at it like that. And Eli Apple, man, I, I think he will come back to Cincinnati. That I, I hope that he comes back to Cincinnati. But you never Me too, know. man. You never know. A team, there, there's teams out there, there's coaches out there that see what we see. So like it, yeah. there's, Guys that will be like, wow, like, you know, I do feel like Apple. Like, I well, can... the baggage is real, though. The exactly. baggage is real. For sure. For sure. That's why it just works so much better with them staying here. And, like, you know, like, I, I don't want to completely hop off Eli as we've kind of reiterated the point of how good it'd be to have him back in every shape and form because of how well he fits here and everything. The same applies for a guy like TB. You've heard, like, People are just running, and I get it. People are just talking numbers. But look, do the Bengals operate just off numbers? Fuck no. The Bengals are an emotional-led team, and they're loyal to their guys. They respect the contracts that they give out, and they are loyal to them, sometimes to their detriment. And in the same way, bro, people are like, oh, TBs, you know, you save $9 on the cap, you know, if you cut them. I'm like, okay. Beyond a rookie receiver, that's in the first round. Who's a better wide receiver three? For $9 million? Bro, Christian Kirk got $17 million. Tyler Boyd and Christian Kirk are the same exact player. Okay? Same exact. Yes, if you look at numbers. TB hasn't had 1,000 yards in three seasons. But he got injured in one year. He would have had 1,000 in 2020, 2021, uh, 2022. We obviously know why. Like, it's not an inability of TB to put up 1,000 yards. TB is still a 1,200-yard potential receiver this year. Like, he has the talent to still put up numbers like that. And I'm like, why the fuck would you want to cut a guy like that? Why would you want to cut a guy that's that good? Like, I don't has, get it. Has that been discussed? Yeah. Yeah, uh, bro. People are talking about that. Like, oh, Tyler Boyd could be a cut candidate. I'm like, why the fuck would we cut him? No. Bro. No, they – Yeah, it makes no sense. It, it Especially because – Maybe, maybe if Tyler Boy was in a position of being like a guy like Brandon LaFell, but that's not even close to reality. So oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're I not think the same. I think like you said, they they value their contracts and and they're gonna they're gonna let TB finish his contract out. They're not gonna because he's still good. Exactly. It's like I'm like, why would you cut a player who's still good as fuck? I don't get it. Like people he's, are just talking numbers here. Hey, I, I gotta add this main yeah. point though. Here's what relieves a lot of people though, man. Well, what will relieve a lot of people, we are in a position unlike we ever have, ever, entering into an offseason. We are so accustomed to having massive weaknesses that we want to just scrounge up money to throw it away to other players. But here's the luxury of where we are, and here's where people can become relieved. 
We don't have any major weaknesses, guys. Not one. Not fucking one. Can we have places to improve? Absolutely. Beef up the O-line. Get a predecessor at both tackle spots eventually. Get some maybe some depth. Uh, you need pass rush juice. You need pass rush. Uh, not even run stoppers. That's the nice thing. We don't need run stuffers, bro. We have DJ Ritter. We have BJ Hill, Zach Carter, Cam Sample, guys that Sam Hubbard. We have one of the best fucking run stopping defenses in, in football. This is kind of my whole point. Like, we need specific type of players and we have no desperate needs. Why yeah. the fuck on a good contract, too? We're not talking no Tyler Boyd on Christian Kirk money. We're not saying, man, you know, Tyler Boyd's at 800 yards the past couple of years. He's getting paid $15 million. Just get paid $9 million. Right. Like, why would we cut him? And then you enter into the season and you draft a receiver in the third, fourth round who's not panning out like you thought. Like, people are just scrounging for the money because they think that we need to throw it at somebody else. But here's the luxury, and everybody calm down. We already fucking have it. They yep. are not getting rid of TB. And in fact, I really think TB is going to finish his career as a Bengal. I really do. I think he's going to sign a current third contract because to add more relief to people, he's still good as shit. He's not, bro, he's not like AJ Green. I'm sorry, but we know who AJ is now. He's not like that, you know? Like, he ain't some bum, bro. That's still TB. And until he shows legitimate decline, then we'll talk. It, you yeah, know, it but would, it's like I don't get it. It it would have to be like a but like you know a repetitive drop issue or something like that, which he's not. He's not had. He's yeah, yeah or he can't be available. Whatever. Right, right. You're and year in and year out, he's been one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So yeah, it uh-huh. it's disrespectful. Now I have a take on that. I I definitely think if if you can't get a guy like T Higgins extended, I definitely think TB comes back. But in in a in a in a world of you get T back, I think it's gonna be really hard to get TB just because you know you got Jamar there, and I know TB. TB loves to say I know that, but from what I've heard, somebody close to him, you know he he's gonna want his bag. You know w- once that time comes, he's gonna want his bag again. And he, you know even though he's already He's already seen the prime of his career. I, I I still think that, like you said, he can still put up stats. And a team that would want to bet on a guy like that to come to their organization and, and produce, like, uh, we don't see him anymore. But Golden Tate, like, remember, like, towards the end of his career, he was getting, you know, big deals. So, uh-huh. and you could see that with TB. I, I, love, I love the idea of him finishing out his career in Cincinnati. And that's what... I hope too. I hope he finished out his career, but yeah, this we got we got to get this T Higgins contract figured out because you know I, I figured yeah. obviously he isn't a free agent, you know this year, but I you know I've heard that he he wants his extension this year. So oh, bro, he it, it's it's going and a it, massive decision is going to be made this year. Exactly. I I think I think if they don't extend him. I, I definitely think it is T's last year just because like that the receiver position is like very, very different, like in a, in an aspect of like injury concern. And we've seen it with guys like Kenny Galladay and I'm not comparing T against Kenny Galladay, but you know, you just, you, you have that concern like, okay, I'm gambling on this year 
my contract year to be like my biggest year, but also not risk injury. So you get that T Higgins contract out of the way and he right, he rightfully deserves that contract. I think they need to, you know, in my opinion, give Joe Burrow the fucking blank check, let him do what he needs. Let him figure out his financials work together. Say, look, Joe, if, if we have this money this year, this money that year, we'll have enough here to put here to yep. And and T Higgins, just bring him in on the same day. Just let, let's let's get T a deal too, because you 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 got to get that out of the way. Especially you know going into such a detrimental year where you know T is going to be that's going to be weighing heavy on him. Like okay, it's my contract year. I got to make it my best year, and I got to uh-huh. get my bag. So just get it out the way. Give him his money that he deserves. You can yep. figure out the Jamar contract when it comes there. Get those uh-huh. two offensive weapons. We, we've seen it. it for for years to come. It even if teams in the NFL don't have defenses, you better have that offensive firepower to be able to keep up with teams. And uh-huh. if you can keep a guy like T and Jamar around for years, you to always come, will. You always will. Even if you don't have a top ten defense, you're gonna have that firepower offense that can get you up and down that field week in and week out. And yeah, I, I'm confident that they can get that T Higgins deal done, and I, I, I think they they should respect the fact that yeah he he needs paid this off season. Absolutely, man, and and I'll add this. I forgot to mention it earlier. It's really important. I may have shared the tweet on my story, but just I'll say it in person so everybody resonates. Look, Joe Burrow's contract when he gets extended this off season, people understand a rookie contract for a first round pick is inevitably four years whether you get extended after year three the extension does not come into effect until the following offseason so joe burrow just completed year three he's going to get extended this offseason the extension does not come into effect until 2024 and the 2024 cap hit is not going to be that high yet so in fact 2025 two whole years is when his contract is really going to hit. That's where you're going to see the 38, the 41, the 45, the 50, whatever that cap hit number looks like that year. It's going to get high in two years. Understand this, my people. Everybody else is worrying about Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase, the same as with Jamar Chase. For the following year, guys, Jamar Chase's contract, his extension is not going to hit for real. Like I said, the same with Joe until 2026. It just began 2023. Exactly. And I, I saw a tweet today. Somebody was talking about like the Bengals, especially on their rookie contracts, they're in the best position possible right now. And you can't, you can't argue that they really are. And <clears throat> if you can manage to, in the next three years, hit on two out of the three drafts or even three out of the three again, like, you're going to be in a great position for years to come just because uh-huh. you got all those guys on rookie contracts and the money is not going to yep. offload until years to come. So yeah, that that's important. I think people forget to realize that they think, okay, Joe's going to sign his extension right now. And the money's today. It's done. Yeah. Like yes. all the is, is cleared out the bank. We got nothing left. Exactly, bro. They're like, Oh, we have nothing. Yeah. It's like chill, bro. We listen. Okay. Have you, yes, played we're, have you played Madden? Exactly, exactly. Yes, guys. 
the signing bonus is going to be fat. It's not like I'm not saying a contract's going to be done and there's just going to be a handshake like, okay, thanks, Mike, and leave. And Joe still left us his two million, whatever fucking millions of dollars he has in his bank. He's going to get 70, 60, 90, whatever the fuck million dollar signing bonus that day. But so, okay, I'll just go through it straight up. And I need to mention T's as well, just so people really understand. Let's say we'll go through hypotheticals. Say Joe Burrow signs his extension. I don't know. I don't even know what the exact dates are. Let's just say in two weeks, we'll make up some shit. Like February 20th. Breaking news, Joe Burrow signs a fucking eight-year fucking $450 million deal. Something crazy. And a $75 million signing bonus, $200 million guaranteed. That sounds crazy. I don't fucking know. Something crazy. That day, Joe Burrow walks out of the FO of the Bengals facility with an escrow money being wired into his account for $70 million. And like Drake and I were saying, that doesn't mean, oh no, that's $50 million a year? Oh no, that's coming out of our cap today. It will not be coming out of our cap hit for real. That amount. Until 2025. Okay. Say T. Higgins gets extended. On. I don't know. March 1st. Just making it up. For. Four years. A hundred million dollars. Like a lot of us thought. Or a hundred and one. Because players are fucking petty. like Or a hundred point two five. Some bullshit. Say that. He would get a. Let's say. Twenty million dollar signing bonus. And. He gets $45 million guaranteed. T. Higgins is walking out of the FO, the Bengals facility, getting wired $20 million. His cap hit would still be the last year of his rookie contract. He has just secured the extension after the season. Same with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is serving the end of his rookie contract. That is why a rookie contract is so powerful. And a lot of people, that's why some fans, understandably, get confused saying, oh, no, let's wait to extend them so the cap doesn't go up. Rest assured, guys, that four years is inevitable, okay? All because we extend a player does not mean that the money from the rookie contract is kapoosh and we're paying them the the ass load of money today. It's not how it works. So rest assured, when we extend T and Joe, the money's not all gone, like Drake said. We're like, oh, no, we're broke. We have nothing. We'll have money. We'll be fine. It'll just come into effect later. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, just the fact that people have that worry, I mean, it just shows there's not much knowledge there. And Yeah, yeah, Dick, but yeah. No, no, it's right, and that's okay, and that's why I'm glad I could explain it. Exactly. So, and that's what's great about the NFL cap is you can – you can it, you can front load the money wherever you want, and the yep. bang the Bengals have clearly, and I why why has nobody thought about this either? The Bengals have clearly not given out you know guaranteed money for for quite some time because they probably were waiting for a situation like this to come. You know yes. they they probably knew from you know you can tell from an outsider looking in, especially you know as a diehard fan, you're gonna 
especially during the Andy Dalton ages, we wanted to, you know, be kind of like mind fucked by the fact that, okay, let's believe that, you know, Andy Dalton can win us a Super Bowl. But people knew that, you know, Andy Dalton is, is not that guy. Like kind of like Ryan Tannehill, you know, Derek Carr, those guys, like, you know, that they're going to win you games. They're not going to win deep in the playoffs. So the fact that Cincinnati has been a team that has not always given out a bunch of money and a bunch of total guarantees just tells me that they weren't all in it at, at that at that time. So they they've been waiting yeah. for a moment like this. So I'm I'm kind of more uh-huh. more motivated by the fact that they can get those deals done because nobody knows how much money Mike Brown has in the bank. Like we we all see what's on the internet on you know spot track whatever yeah. it's called. We see what they have in their salary cap, but we, we've seen teams come together and, and put money together, and we're like, where the hell did that come from? Like, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody knows where this money's coming from. It That's why they, they make the joke that, like, NFL salary cap doesn't matter because, you know, teams have unlimited salary cap because it really can be like Well, nothing. they have unlimited cash. Exactly. That's the important thing. Yeah. Yep. Look, man, it's not, it's not about – that's why they say the cap doesn't mean shit. It's how much liquid you got. How much fucking cash you got on site. Because listen, when you have the fucking money like the Browns fucked everything up and did with Deshaun Watson, they decided to break themselves and say, you know what? We're going to give you every single thing in cash, you sexual predator. He's <laughs> like, yay. You know, and it's like, that's crazy. We all know how that's, you know, turned the league into a frenzy guaranteed wise, but that's what it means. Like the ca- listen, tra- people may forget Trey Hendrickson. Guess how much guaranteed money he got on his contract? I know, I know he got a friendly deal. So let me $10 know. million. <laughs> that's it. Talk about betting on yourself, bro. Like, and obviously, look how great that contract looks now, even after a down year for Trey. He's still an elite guy, but it's like, yeah, man, the, the guaranteed money is a big deal and the cash is what's a big deal. So you got to get that bonus, right? Cause these players want their fucking cash. Like, look, that's why I'm saying when Joe Burrow and T get their extensions, yet they still have to serve their, um, their last year, their rookie contract. They don't give a fuck when they got that fucking 20, $20 million signing bonus for T and fucking 90 for Joe. That's a $95 million year. That's a, or that's a $97 million year. That's a $25 million year for T Higgins and Joe Burrow. You think they give a fuck about serving the last year of that rookie contract? Right. No, cause they got the guap. That's all that matters, man. So like, hopefully that resonated with a lot of you guys to understand the ins and outs of the contract and a teacher, dumbass friend, you know, I say, Oh, you know, you're not going to be a Mike Brown. He can't pay Joe Burrow. Da, 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 da. Well, when he does, he can suck a fucking dick because he is. He's about to get that cash. Joe's about to get fucking paid. And um, look, man, we could probably go ahead and end it up here, um, you know, just kind of wrapping things up, you know, offseason time. And um, I'm slowly but surely starting to open my eyes up to the draft and the free agency. Uh, I really don't know much of what's going to happen in free agency. But, you know, maybe, hey. We're finally at that real destination place. Maybe we're going to get a couple vets that's like, I want to take a pay cut to play with Joe Burrow and get a ring. I, um, I, th- I think when it comes around this time of playoff season, 
I think that's really when players hone in and, you know, they see like where they want to play next season. And yeah, I OBJ. think, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of players out there that are veterans that would take pay cuts to come here, but yeah, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> we are so primed to get an OBJ. Like, I'm telling you, we could afford him this year, bro. We can. Like, <laughs> bro, if we had Jamar Chase, Trent Irwin, T. Higgins, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, Trent Irwin again, and OBJ, that's the greatest receiving core of all time because of Trent Irwin and everybody else. Like, dude, I mean, we could afford him this year. I know it's 99% chance not going to happen, but – if we'd get an OBJ, bro, because you know you're about to give the whole bag to Jamar the following year, and you're you're you know not going to be able to pay OBJ, that'd just be a crazy thing. But all right, bro, um, I am going to have to dip out of here. Uh, it was a great pod with you today, man. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, bro, do you got any final thoughts? I mean, if you want to hop into it really quick, I know we totally yeah. forgot. we didn't touch on the the Joe Mixon thing. Oh <laughs> fuck, yeah that yeah yeah you can say what you gotta say about it. yeah so obviously if anybody heard joe mixon had a warrant out for his arrest um then comes out to say you know his agent came out pretty fast honestly um until you know stuff started to get haywire and and bad on the internet um basically came out and said you know the charges were dropped against mixon and you know obviously we were all thinking mixon is a potential cut candidate for this year and that obviously makes it super more easy to cut yeah, him doesn't it, help his case to stay exactly but yeah. it, it looks like it looks like obviously things are getting resolved from that and so that's not too much of a concern but i do think still i i really think mixon is a cut candidate just because of how mm-hmm. the season ended we 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 had that good panthers game i get it but In we never, we never were we never really were consistent so yeah no, man, I, I heard I, – I hear what you're saying, and I heard this uh, from Paul Daner. Look, man, in the biggest game of the season, Joe Mixon had 30% of the snaps. Mm. Like, if that doesn't tell you a lot of what you need to know, I, I will tell you this, my people. Yeah, you know, Joe Mixon dealt with the aggravated menacing. I looked that up. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I know. It's like a threat. I'm like, oh, wow, you just threat someone? Like, I threat people every day. Like, I'll beat the fuck out of you, bitch. Like, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, obviously, what happened, if it actually happened, it's really bad. You know, whether you were just joking, whatever the fuck, it's really bad. Of course, it got dropped today or or yesterday. The charges were dropped. No, sorry, formally today. It was expected to be dropped on yesterday, formally dropped on Friday morning. Um, It's a nasty thing. Look, he's the third highest cap hit um, in 2023, and – He's a running back going into year eight. Wait, let me think. I always have to do this. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 20, wait. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Okay, he's going into year seven. Look, man. A running back going into year seven, getting paid $10.7 million. I will tell you this. His contract will be cut in half if he stays here or if he gets cut. I'm sorry, man. Can you hear the fucking subs in my background? No, no, you're good. Okay, good, good. Just <laughs> making sure. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that to kind of cap it off. Like I hear you. It's absolutely valid. Joe Mixon could very well be cut 
or if not, his contract will be a lot cheaper. I promise you that. Yeah, and uh, last thing to wrap it up, I was playing Madden here last last few days, and I added a guy in free agency. So, you know, could you imagine a guy like Miles Sanders? Obviously, that's like unworldly. It's not happening. The money. Ah, I don't know, bro. Now I gotta say this really quick. I <laughs> wish I had this the numbers on me. I remember seeing the post, but I didn't end up getting a picture of it, bro. If I could find this fucking person that is bumping their subs, I'd slap the fuck out of them. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> it's just annoying the shit out of me. Uh, but, bro, I saw a, a stat sheet of running backs in the last t- 13 years in the Super Bowl. The the their starter, their number one running back. God, that came out so weird. RB one's a cap hit on that year, bro. The highest cap hit was $2.3 million in the past 14 Super Bowls. What does that tell you? You don't need a star. We all know this. Like, the Bengals... Oh, wait, never mind. Obviously, last year, we were the one that was fucking, like, 8.9. So, Mixon was our RB1 last year. Obviously, way, way fucking off, bro. And it's like, holy fuck. I saw guys like... You know, of course, the contracts change over time, you know, but like James Starks, remember him? You may not remember him, bro. Packers running back in 2010. He had a crazy year. Then he fell off the face of the earth uh, in their Super Bowl win. I remember. Like, yeah, he was 400,000. Rashard Mendenhall, 150,000. Like, these guys didn't get shit. And overall, man, the running back position is continuously losing its value unless if you are a Christian McCaffrey, man. Like, or one of the premier, premier, premier guys. And the writing is on the wall that Joe Mixon will be getting paid a lot less. Whether it's here or somewhere else. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, bro. And, it, you know, Joe Joe had a great stint, man. And you don't, you don't want to, obviously be like okay well you know that's the end blah 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 but it's just the fact that like we've seen this story before like Joe Mix had a great career and he he put up you know I, I think the average you know span for a running backs five years so I think yeah. he, he outdid it and you know six good years man exactly. I guess you could say the one hiccup in 2020 no get exactly six but but besides that, like Jeremy Ho had the one year and then fell off fell off the earth. Like like to be able yeah. to play six good years in the NFL, that that's something you can say. Like you had a an impact. You had a great career in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. He can he can still go elsewhere. I think he I, I really personally believe he would he'd probably go back home. He'd probably go play, you know, somewhere in California if he could. Um mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that. So but yeah, man, yeah. I, I think that's a that's a cap casualty. You can add you can add money there, especially for the people that are like, oh well, what if we lose all our money? Like, I think that that adds money to the bank right there, where you can you could potentially sign, and we've seen it. They like to sign their their players that fit their system, and if you can you can fit that, you know, eleven million that you know, you're going to pay Joe to maybe a may, maybe even a guy like Von Bell. I mean, you know that yeah. money. Go elsewhere. So, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man. 
Hell yeah. Well, uh, all right, bro. Fucking fun episode today. Hell yeah. Um, yep. Me and Drake will be back on another episode. Guys, in the off season, um, we're going to stick it to every Friday uh, or maybe every other Friday. I guess we'll see how, you know, the off season goes, bro. But yep. um, I'm excited for this off season, man. You know, of course, you know, it's disappointing that it ended early, you know, but it was still a successful season, guys. And this was a successful episode. All right, Drake. Yeah. I'll talk to you later, my guy. Yes, sir. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace out, man.